Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. And when was the last time that you prayed for somebody believing that God was actually going to answer your prayer? When was the last time you approached somebody for prayer believing that through this prayer, God was going to minister to you? God is going to do something. Do we come together with the expectation that God is among us and that God is working today? Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 1, verses 35 through 45, in a message titled, The Forward Motion of the Kingdom. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So when I pray, I am admitting I don't have what it takes to do what needs to be done. I'm admitting that I need assistance. I need help. Now, conversely, when I don't pray, whether I'm intending to or not, what I'm saying is, hey, it's okay. I got it handled. I got it covered. But the fact of the matter is, no, we don't have it handled. We, we really don't have it covered. We are weak. We are powerless. We're in a, a spiritual battle and you can't win a spiritual war with anything less than spiritual weapons. That's why Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, he, he reminds him, he says, the weapons of our warfare, they're not merely human, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You see, all, of, all that we can muster up as, as human beings, all of the resources that we might muster, all of the intellect that we might muster, all of the, you know, whatever, argumentation, whatever we, we might think that, okay, I've got, I've got all of these resources to, to move forward spiritually, I can't go anywhere. Because the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but they are mighty in God. So what prayer does is prayer gives us access to all the resources of heaven. And that's what we need. We need God's resources. Prayer is where we receive understanding, wisdom, provision, power, and strength for the work of God both in and through our lives. You know, God is working in you and God wants to work through you. And prayer is one of the major means by which God is doing that work in us that needs to be done. I need understanding. I need spiritual understanding. My, my understanding is limited. And I come uh, up to, to so many things and I, I look at them and I'm perplexed and I think, Lord, I don't, I don't know. I need understanding. Guess what? God gives understanding. I, I come across many situations where I feel like, man, I need wisdom here. I, I really need you know, something beyond myself. I need wisdom. God gives wisdom. We so often find ourselves in need of provision. You know, we feel like God's called us to go and to take the gospel, to go you know, do some, something that's going to have an impact maybe somewhere else in the world. And as we, um, as we look at the, the prospect of doing that, and, and as we feel the, the calling to go do it, and then sometimes we look and we think, but Lord, what about the resources? 
you know, how, how are we going to do this? Well, it's through prayer, God brings, like I said, uh, all of the resources of heaven, we access them through prayer. So whether it's provision or it's power or the strength that we need to keep moving forward personally and collectively, this comes to us through prayer. You know, one of the biggest problems in the world, as far as the church moving forward, one of the biggest problems is the church itself. The church is so paralyzed in so many cases because we are so busy fighting with each other and bickering and disagreeing and dividing over non-essential, unimportant things that, that we can't get anything done. And I think, Lord, I remember I used to read through John chapter 17. You know, if you read John chapter 17, John chapter 17 is the, the prayer of Jesus. It's actually the Lord's prayer. It's, a, it's an actual prayer of Jesus. And he's praying for not only those who are with him, the apostles at the time, but he says, but I'm praying for everyone who's going to believe in me through their word. And this is what he prays over and over again, Lord, that they may be one as we are one. And he prays, I think, five or seven times in that passage. He prays for unity and oneness among believers. And I remember years ago, I used to read that. And I think, Lord, okay, we got it. You're praying for one. I mean, let's move on to another topic now. Why, why do you continue to, to emphasize this? You know what? Now I know why. Because this was going to be the greatest hurdle of all in the history of the church for Christians to get along and see each other as one, uh, you know, one body in Christ, all working together for the same purpose. So prayer, though, that's our, God's given us prayer. He's given us this access to himself, and he invites us to come and to lay out our request before him. And he promises to supply us. And Jesus shows us, as we've been seeing here, by his own example, how vitally important it is to do that very thing. The second thing, though, is preaching. So as I said, Jesus was a preacher. He was a preacher. The apostles were preachers. They were sent out to preach. The church is to preach. That's what the church is for. The church has many different aspects to it, and there are many different things that, that we are to do you know, as Christian people. And when I say the church, I'm, I'm talking about the church in the sense of, of its representation by those who occupy a pulpit like I'm doing right here today. My main responsibility here and every pastor, the main responsibility of the pastor is to preach. That's what we do. We are called to preach. Now, Jesus shows us in the text that we're looking at, he shows us the priority of preaching. And he even says, notice he says, this is the reason that I came forth. I came from heaven to preach. I came to tell people the truth. And that's what the church is to do. So Paul, he writes to his young protege, Timothy, on, and Paul has finished his ministry at this point. He's ready to He's going to be martyred, actually. But, but Paul writes to Timothy, and he says this about the church. He says, the church is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. So a pillar is something that holds something else up. 
So the picture that Paul is painting is that the church is to hold forth the truth of God. That, that's the responsibility of the church. And you know, I can tell you this right now with absolute confidence and total certainty that if the church would do this, the world would be a different place. The problem is the church doesn't do what it's called to do. The church so often doesn't preach. But Paul says the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. He says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. He says to Timothy, therefore, preach the word. Basically, Paul is saying, Timothy, I'm dying. I, I'm, I'm going to the chopping block. Nero is going to execute him, which he did. But Paul says, Timothy, this is the commission I'm giving to you. Preach the word. And, and so that's what the church is to do. But we constantly are hearing voices. And, and sometimes those who have influence in the church saying things like, well, no, you know, we, we need to tone it down with the preaching. We hear people say things like, well, you know, people don't listen to preaching anymore. We can't give sermons. We certainly can't give long sermons. You know, if, if you're going to do the sermon thing, you need to make it more like a TED talk, you know, at just 18 minutes or under. And um, I mean, there are, there are seminaries today that will instruct potential preachers for the future that they, you know, you should never preach on a Sunday morning more than 20 minutes. You can see that I never went to a seminary like that. And <laughs> I've never taken that advice because... I mean, I try to, I, I, I try to keep it, you know, 40 to 45 minutes, but I don't always succeed in doing that either. But, um, but, you know, no, this is not what we're doing. This is not what Jesus did, and he's not, it's not what he's called us to do. We are to preach. We are, as I said, that means to proclaim. It means to publish the gospel and we're to do it loud and clear. And this has been my experience. I have seen this firsthand over and over again. Wherever the word is preached, the church is strong. Wherever the word is neglected, the church is weak. That is just a reality across the board. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter if you're in you know, the southern hemisphere, the northern hemisphere. Doesn't matter if you're in Europe or you're in Asia. Where, wherever you are, that's, that's the reality. If the word is preached, the church is strong because that's how the church becomes strong, through the preaching of the word. And the world is impacted. People hear the message. And the message itself has power. And it, this is something that, that we are to do. We are to unashamedly preach God's word and for those that think that, well, you know, the culture's just not into that anymore, you know, that's nonsense. Everybody's preaching. Do we realize that? Everybody's preaching. Now, the devil doesn't want anybody preaching the gospel, but he's fine with all kinds of other stuff being preached. And, you know, all you got to do, I mean, you don't have to go far. You can do, see it on social media. You can go to the, you can go to the movies. Uh, you can listen to the music. Everybody's preaching. Everybody's got a message. Everybody's preaching. And listen, the church, as I said, is to preach, like I'm doing from this pulpit. But guess what? All Christians are to preach. All Christians are to preach. Now, you might say, wait a second. 
That sounds a bit scary. Because after all, people don't want to be preached at. Well, you know, that is true. But like we were kind of talking about earlier, it kind of, it depends on how you understand preaching. And no, I get it. Nobody wants to be preached to where you've got somebody who's, you know, pointing the finger in a condemning way and self-righteously with a holier-than-thou attitude telling everybody else they need to, you know, repent and get it right like, like I've already done. I don't, I don't want to hear that kind of preaching. That's not what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about preaching. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about preaching. As I said, the word preach, the word preach really, if you just think of it in terms of, of synonyms, um, the word here means to just, it, the idea is just get the word out. It's to proclaim it. It's to publish it. It's to advertise it, to declare it, to broadcast it, to herald it, to place it. Just get the word out. So, you know, again, it's not that stereotypical kind of view of preaching. It's not that, that caricature of, of the preacher. It's just getting the word out. And every Christian is called to do that. We're called to just get God's word out. We're called to publish it. We're called to, to um, advertise it, to declare it, to, to broadcast it. And, you know, you might do that in a conversation with your neighbor or somebody that you work with. You might do it by posting something on social media where you're just expressing the, the, the gospel. You might do it by writing someone a letter. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about just getting God's word out to people, however we do that. And so that's what we're called to do. That's what the church is called to do. Jesus set the example. He said, I have come forth to preach. And then thirdly, what I want us to see here, and we'll see it many times over in these gospels, but remember, Jesus comes and he exerts supernatural power. Supernatural power. And listen, this is where the church, I think, has at least a, a fair portion of the church, has, has lost perspective. This is where we have been so radically influenced by our culture. And not, I'm not talking about American culture specifically, but I'm talking about more just sort of Western culture, the, the enlightenment, rationalism, you know, the, kind of the reduction of everything to the material. And even among Christians, you find that so often there's a discomfort with the supernatural. There's kind of like a, let's just keep that supernatural stuff at a distance. You know, that's kind of weird. And honestly, I, I read through, you know, a bunch of different books and commentaries and things on the scripture. And it amazes me how often guys who are definitely believers and definitely you know, Bible guys, how often they want to reduce the supernatural to something natural. How often they want to explain the supernatural away by saying, well, you know, the Red Sea, you know, it actually, you know, there was a natural phenomenon that occurred and that's why the Red Sea parted. And they, they want to take the, the supernatural. There's something in us that is afraid of the supernatural. And this is paralyzing the church. Jesus operated in the power of the Spirit. And listen, this is the reality. Christian people, if you're a Christian today, in the truest sense, if you're a Christian in the biblical sense, 
your very existence is due to the miraculous intervention of God. See, our Christian life is the result of a supernatural experience. God intervened into your life. He stepped in. He did a miracle. You know, people say, Christians say, I've never seen a miracle. You are a miracle if you're a Christian. <laughs> you are a miracle. There's not an, if there is a human explanation for your Christianity, then you need to consider whether or not you're a Christian. Because becoming a Christian is itself a miracle. We are born of the Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We're given the gifts of the Spirit. We're empowered by the Spirit. These are all the terms that the New Testament uses. And you know, again, for some people, that's just a little weird. It's too weird. But listen, God is real, and God is moving, and God wants to talk to you God wants to talk to you. He wants to tell you stuff. He wants to use you to talk to other people. He wants to use you maybe to even heal another person that through you, God would bring about a healing work. And you see, that's, that's the reality that sometimes, you know, we, we believe it in our heads, but we're kind of like, wow, you know, man, we read the Bible and we're like, wow, that was crazy stuff going on back then. Why isn't that stuff happening today? People often ask that question. And you know, I think a large reason why it's not happening is because of unbelief and because it's uncomfortable and because we've forgotten and we've settled into a place where, you know, it's just kind of easier just to go through life as Christians. And, you know, I'm all for using our head. I'm all for thinking. I'm all, I'm all for argument and propositional truth. I'm for all of that, but we need more than that. We need more than that. I'm obviously all for preaching, but we need more than preaching. We need the power of God at work in people's lives. And, and I just feel like it's an area where so many of us, we have, we, we might even reserve in our theological understanding a place for it, but in our practical experience, we shy away from it. So we say we believe in it, but we never really open ourselves up to experience it. You know, when was the last time that you prayed for somebody believing that God was actually going to answer your prayer? When was the last time you approached somebody for prayer believing that through this prayer, God was going to minister to you? When was the last time you got together with Christians thinking, you know, God's going to speak to me through somebody here tonight or today? God is going to do something. Are, do we come together with the expectation that God is among us and, the, and that God is working today? And that there's prophetic words to be given and that there's healing power to be demonstrated and that those gifts that the Bible talks about are actually things that today God wants to be doing among us. And I am afraid that we, and I'm included in this, I'm not you know, pointing the finger at you, uh, we're, we're all, I think, culpable in this, um, that, that we have just, you know, we, we acknowledge it, but we just kind of, okay, that's great, you know, those, those people over there are kind of wild and crazy, you know, they do that stuff, but we're more conservative, we're more, you know, we like to do it a little more subdued. You know, I, I've been noticing, like, even in our worship here, it's like we're just, like, kind of, 
just so afraid to be expressive. You know, we're so in this mindset of just like, you know, I can't, I can't get too excited. You know, that's, we don't do that here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, we're, we're worshiping God, the living God, the true God. And sometimes that should get a person excited. Sometimes it might cause them to throw their hands up, shout something. We're like, oh, what's going on here? What's that person doing? Man, we're the ushers. Get that person under control. <laughs> you know, seriously, what, what has happened to us? God help us. Because the New Testament is full of power. Pictures of power. So Jesus, he prayed, he preached, and he had power. So we need to pray. And we need to preach. And we also need to just say, Lord, forgive us for neglecting. Forgive us for not giving room for your power. And Lord, open our hearts afresh to the, the reality that we are born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, given gifts of the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. Lord, just do a fresh work of your Spirit among us. Because as that happens, that's how the kingdom will advance forward as God is moving and people are being touched and changed. And just like this leper, you know, when that happens, it can't be contained. It can't be contained. When, when Christ does something in us, what do we do? We got to tell somebody else about it. And, and is, is our lack of motivation or excitement to tell other people about it is is that due to the fact that we don't have much of an experience these days was there a time when we were much more sensitive to the voice of the lord when we were like man you know god's speaking to me god's telling me this and now we don't even like to use that terminology anymore you know that just sounds a little bit wild so we we kind of you know shy away from that these are the the marks of what happens as the kingdom moves forward. Prayer, preaching, power, and may that be the experience that we have. I believe that God is moving. I really do. And I, I'm excited at that, the prospect of all the Lord wants to do. But I also feel in my own life even, like the Lord just speaking to me about all of these things, about prayer and about preaching and about the power. And although I'm so thankful that God is moving, I believe that he wants to move in an even greater way. And I think that as we pray, as we proclaim, and as we walk in the power of his spirit, we're going to see the kingdom advance because the kingdom of God will advance as we, by faith, exercise ourselves spiritually. As we exercise the gifts of the Spirit, as we just step out and just say, you know, I'm going to believe the Lord. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to expect God to do things. As we do that in regard to the gifts of the Spirit, and as we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, 
And it's a love that loves even the unlovely. It's a love that, that moves me to, as we saw here with Jesus, have compassion on the person uh, that's really the outcast. As the Spirit does a fresh work in us, the Spirit will do a fresh work through us. For the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Gospel by Ray Ortland. With powerful insight and clarity, Ray Ortland presents a grand vision of what the church can be if we embrace the power of the gospel and apply it to our daily experiences and witness for God. The book The Gospel by Ray Ortland is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.